You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the football grump, and with me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Hey, Grump, how you doing? Just uh, finally thawing out. I was in Nashville this weekend for the stadium series to see my two-time defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning beat Nashville, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a really great experience. I think that... The so you were in Nashville at what what do they what do they call it the uh, the classic the NHL classic the Stadium Series yeah the Winter Classic is the game they have on New Year's Day and then they have like two or three others in the, the winter same and other places that, that are just exactly not, okay yeah that is always honestly the coolest thing to me and baseball's fake Field of Dreams like wannabe thing was a really <laughs> lame attempt at trying to do something with that that to me That's that cool is too. like the coolest yeah. thing really is the uh, Winter Classic series and. and- not only is it really cool there, I mean, you know, this having it in a football stadium as opposed to like at Wrigley Field is so much better because the sight lines are so much better because you put it in Fenway or Wrigley or even City Field, you may have the worst seats possible and never see anything close to the ice. So this was actually good. And it's actually interesting, Grump, that, uh, you know, New York is one of the best sports towns in the country. You would agree, right? The most passionate fans, you know, so many different teams in every sport, but well, it certainly one, beats LA. Well, of course, but my one gripe about New York is that it is such a big city. It like, it kind of swallows up events and doesn't treat events like the stadium series or even when the Super Bowl was here as like a big deal. Yeah, no, like, it's, a, it's almost a snooty, like, yeah, of course it's coming here. Eventually, yeah. it comes to us. You know what I mean? That kind of thing where once it's there, it's not even really appreciated. Yeah, like when the Super Bowl was here, you know, whenever it was you know, five, six, seven years ago, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm two blocks away from Times Square. And that's where the NFL experience is over there. But in places like Nashville, uh, Tampa, Indianapolis is a great example. That town lives, breathes, sleeps, everything, that event. And Nashville was they treated this thing like it was a combination of a bowl game and the Super Bowl, like the well organized, lots of events everywhere. Um, it was also cool that it was thirty thousand Lightning fans there too, which is a total shock to me. I didn't, I thought I'd be the only one there, so it was, it was really cool. Because um, I know a lot of people listening are Ranger fans or Islander fans. They've been to the Winter Classic at, you know, at City Field or something, and they're like, ah, it was sucked. It wasn't that exciting, but uh, when you go, if you get the chance to go to a town like. You know, again, Indy or uh, Nashville or New Orleans, where they really care about these events. And it's, you know, a, a chance for them to like a chamber of commerce event for them. I would definitely go because it was from the time I got off the plane to the time I left. It was nothing but fun. Yeah. And I think I think some of that's even reflected in football, like things like wh- when I saw when I went to Denver to see the Giants, that happened to be Monday night football. And it was like. Mm-hmm. One of the thing, those things, like around town, like, I mean, I happened to be in the city, but it was very much like you go to the game, go to the game, or you go to, you're watching, where are you watching? You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Like, everybody there cared. And Denver is like a weird place anyway, where it's there's tons of transplants and stuff by when I by the time I had went. So, like, 
but there was still like this community sense where like they were they were like way more amped than your typical guy wandering around on i don't know yeah well the giant you know the giant fan kind of it's like it's a pain in the ass for monday night football it's like ugh. You know, I got. If you're living in the city, I got to take that. You know, yeah, the everybody's train. concerned about how it affects their traffic. Yeah. When the Super yeah. Bowl came here, everyone was bitching about how bad, like all the the, the traffic was going to be, and where are they all going to stay, and the public transportation. Nobody cared about. They, they, they were just bitching about logistics. Well, that was, it was a tough. You know, the Meadowlands is a logistical challenge. I mean, it's a logistical nightmare. Uh, again, like in Indianapolis, that the. the um, the the stadium is right downtown. It's it's connected to the um, the convention center, and it's walking distance to all the the bars and stuff. And Nashville, it's right downtown. You take a little uh, bridge across the river. There is Nissan Stadium. It's right there. The, the Meadowlands, as you all know, it's an you, investment. You can you can see the skyline from there. That's about it. <laughs> it's sort of. It's like oh yeah, it's seven <laughs> miles, but it could be seven thousand miles for what it is. So, bottom line is. Uh, we are making do without having giant football in the NFL or college football right now with uh, things to hold our time. So, you know, we've got the hockey and, and basketball playoffs are coming up soon. And, you know, and, and this week, if you really love football, we have the combine and we start talking about free agency and the draft. Yeah. I'm well, well, you might've been off uh, having a lot of fun and gallivanting. I've been up. <laughs> Watching prospects and doing a lot of film work <laughs> and, and that sort of thing. Real exciting weekend shit, let me tell you. Wow. Um, but we're, we're going we're gonna to dive into this, and this is going to kind of be the episode series going forward. I, we, we mentioned this a million times, but, you know, I don't know, people listen here and there. Uh, the next several episodes leading up to the draft are going to be all about this off-season stuff. Uh, we're going to take mm-hmm. a position per episode. We're going to start off by assessing the current Giants situation at that position and how they will fit in the new scheme. Certain guys may have to go. You know, we've already had a whole discussion about um, cutting $40 million from the current payroll. Um, And then we're going to take a look at guys on the market that can be acquired for what the Giants have in their pocket and guys in the draft that can be acquired for what the Giants have in their pocket. Um, And that's just going to be the format. So today's episode is going to be the safety position. And this is actually a pretty cool position um, partly because nobody is safe anywhere on this roster, but also because it's an interesting situation that they're in. They had, they had a really good safety group. Um, you know, Jabril Peppers was at the end of his contract, unfortunately got hurt last year, kind of early in the season, very early in the season. Um, and now the Giants are just in this weird situation where they kind of have to fill a void, but do they really? They've got Logan Ryan on this deal. So it's a, it's a whole situation. So this is a fun – this is a fun yeah. – uh, group to start with for sure um, before we talk about safety though um, we had a very interesting question that we saw on Twitter today and our mm-hmm. our good friend Wes Locke uh, at Westy Westicles um, <laughs> had a great um, poll question today and I actually wanted to talk with you Grump because we haven't had a chance to talk about it uh, his, his question was would you rather have the Giants' first-round picks or the Eagles' first-round picks? Now, the Eagles have three picks. They have 15, 16, and 19, and as we all know, the Giants have five and seven. So if you, in a perfect world, would you rather have the, the two higher draft picks or the three mid-pack picks? What what say you, Grump? Well, I think the value of a pick isn't in how many picks there are. I think a higher if you need picks, if obtaining picks and obtaining talent is your issue, 
you can do more with less. I, I think you can get more in a haul for five than you probably can at 15 that you can do with, you know, these are very strange scenarios uh, and we're kind of looking at it in a vacuum. Are we talking about in this draft class? Are we talking about, am I dealing with the Giants roster issues right now? Um, mm-hmm. Is this a normal off season where I just have to fill a few spots? The two is fine. You know what I mean? If Is this a, uh, a, a year are, is this the kind of thing where with the Giants they're doing a multi-year rebuild and I might be able to get more picks next year for picks 15 through 19 or whatever then I might consider that but I think as a general answer I think I can do more with 5 and 7 whether I'm trying to obtain picks or obtain talent than I can with 15, 16, and 19 yeah to me it's all about options and right now what the Giants need are options you know if a team wants a quarterback desperately, they are more likely going to be knocking on the door of somebody with the fifth pick or the seventh pick to move up and give up that, you know, that Herschel Walker deal potentially. Like here's a whole boatload of picks so I can bounce up. Probably not going to happen when you're in, in the middle of the pack like that. So to me, the, the Giants right now, there is no set plan of what they're going to do. We have a new regime who's evaluating everything at this point and, you know, Everything is on the table. So if everything's on the table, you can having as many uh, potential uh, outcomes and options as possible to me is the move. So I would rather have five and seven. It's it's one less pick that, but there's so much more to do. And you know, based on his poll answers, you know, we're recording this on Monday night. He's had about a hundred votes. Seventy-two percent of Giant fans agree that they'd rather have picks five and seven. Then 15, 16, and 19. So, Wes, good job with the question. Thank yeah, it you was for a letting... good question, though. That like that answer I, I had already thought about and had already answered, so I like knew it. But it it's not something that I immediately was like, this is the answer. You know? Yeah, yeah, question. for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, awesome uh, tweet, Wes, and uh, thank you for letting us poach your uh, your tweet for the show. And we'll be doing that more in the future because. We have very smart followers on Twitter. So if you have a question you even want to ask us and we can, you know, bring up on, on the show as a, as a fun little topic, you know, as always, at the football grump. Ugh, no, that it's, it's right there. It's right there, man. At football <laughs> underscore grump and at the cranky fan. You, you guys see it down there. So yeah. you guys are good. Um, you know, it's fr- It's Monday night, you know, yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> you've had a, You've had a travel weekend. That, that's right. why he never answers any of my tweets tonight, right? Send him stuff. Yeah. I'm putting the wrong thing in. Not even following me. You're following some other guy. Oh. Um, the Just Giants fish on YouTube. Yeah. That guy. yeah. Um, all right. So tell me about the Giants situation at safety as it stands. Hit me with that. Hit you with that. So as of today, the Giants have under contract three safeties. Mm-hmm. Julian Love, uh, free safety, 24 years old. Uh, this is his fourth year. Uh, his contract ends after next season. His cap number is $2.7 million. We have Xavier McKinney, another free safety, 23 years old, and just finished his second year. Uh, cap number $2.2 million. And Logan Ryan, 31 years old. Uh, his contract ends in 2024. His cap number is $12.2 million. Um, when we went through our, um, who do we cut to get down to $40 million? I had said I would cut Julian Love down and save $2.5 million off the cap. 
Did you? I, I didn't make any cuts from the safety side. Um, okay. I, I was very close with Julian Love, but one of the reasons why I kept him is that I think that he's actually pretty good at filling that Jabril Peppers role a little bit, playing he, down by the line of scrimmage. I thought he was useful, and for what we're actually spending on him, and I, I and the, the dead cap is like almost nothing for cutting him, so it was very, very tempting to save $2.5 million. But for $2.5 million, we get... 2.5 millions worth. So in my right. head, my thought was you cut him, you're either re-spending that money on a similar guy or you know, you're drafting a similar guy at the similar spot. So to me, it felt like six of one, half a dozen of the other. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like I could adequately replace for less money. So, But it was real close. I mean, is it the end of the world if we were to draft somebody really high to fill that spot, you know, anywhere in the one to three range in the rounds, um, and then supplement with another guy who is cheaper, who's maybe going to come here on a $2 million contract instead of $2.5 million. That's right. not crazy. Um, <laughs> I was just a little conservative with it. Uh, giants that are no longer under contract that were safeties. Um, Jabril Peppers is an unrestricted free agent. Nate Ebner. Unrestricted free agent, um, Stephen Parker was a restricted is a restricted free agent, and J.R. Reed is an earned rights free agent. Er, yeah. Yes, or exclusive rights free agent, or whatever. Right. Um, and what exactly is an exclusive rights? Free agent? Uh, I, I I forget, but they're essentially for the RFAs and the ERFAs. There's like tenders that you offer up, so it's like you get the right of first refusal or something. So essentially, you can match whatever contract anyone else wants to sign them, or slap a tender value to them. You know okay. that that kind of thing. And I forget the the very specifics of it, um, but essentially, guys that are RFAs or ERFAs, they're pretty much yours if you want them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and a lot of people aren't going to come fighting for anyone because the cost is usually too heavy. Right. Um, so I guess what we want to do as we do this exercise today and with all our future um, position groups is we can look at this first of the guys that are free agents. Is there anybody we want to bring back? You know, obviously thinking about the, the cap constraints, talk about free agents that are out there. We'll talk about the guys who are obviously are out of our price range, guys that are possibilities. And then we'll get into the draft who are potential prospects that we're interested in. So for all the guys that were giants last year and are currently free agents, are we going to make any attempt to bring back Jabril Peppers or is he, uh, is there his days with the giants over? I think his days with the giants are over and it's sad because it's not anything he did. You know, it's just, it's not even really the injury. Um, the injury kind of seals the deal, but the cap situation that they're in, yeah. And the amount of needs that there are, it just isn't feasible to bring him back at what he can get on the open market. It's not even what we, it's just whatever we can afford to offer, even on the highest end of what is in our budget, he can get more on the open market. And there's just no <laughs> reason for us to offer that much, A, and B, for him to take less than what he's worth. I mean, now more than ever, if he's coming off of an injury, he knows how quickly all his hard work can slip away. So, I don't see any scenario in which the Giants offer him something that he'll take, though they would be very happy to have him. Yeah, I mean, he was, I guess he was kind of the, the marquee name in the uh, the Beckham trade. So we are, you yeah. know, we're almost closing the book finally on that trade. Um, you know, for for what we got out of him, you know, again, you know, 
before we go crazy about Odell Beckham being a Super Bowl hero before he got hurt and such a great, you know, factor for the Rams, do remember he is two teams removed from the Giants now. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate that the Peppers did get hurt. But, you know, at this point now, if you're not bringing him back, you can't say, well, we lost a trade because we didn't reassign Peppers. You know, it's been a few years out and, and, um, and Beckham's been bouncing around all over the place, too. I mean, I don't. I, I think that trade was just simply fair. Um, yeah. What What was done with those people afterwards is what you do with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if I give you ten dollars and you invest it properly or whatever and turn it into a hundred, or if you spent it all on candy, I mean that's entirely up to you. Has nothing to do with what you did to get the ten dollars. Yeah, so. I think you know the the debate in the future. And, you know, we'll do this some other time. We have absolutely nothing else to talk about. Was at the end of the day, should the Giants ever even made that trade, <laughs> I guess. Um, but that that's, doesn't really impact what we're doing for 2022. So I guess yeah, we can that's, finally... that's like a for funsies. Exactly. <laughs> so we can finally you know, close the book on that and, and you know just keep moving forward. So uh, other than that, you know, I don't think anybody else has any real value that we'd want to kind of bring back. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I think, I think you want to bring back your RFAs and ERFAs. I don't think they'll command anything on the open market, so they come real cheap. And their bodies. Mm-hmm. At the very least, their camp bodies, they're probably not going to affect the cap at all since the cap is calculated on the top 51 salaries. Right. None of those guys are going to break there. Um, Nate Ebner is a, allegedly an Olympian or something. I don't know. But he's a rugby guy, right? Yeah, I, I, Dude, I don't even know why he's on the roster. He didn't really play. He showed up. <laughs> I, I don't know. Has some kind of scandalous photos of Joe Judge or something. Um, so, so what we're left with here, Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Logan Ryan, um, that's a functional group. Now you don't have Julian Love in there, but if the Giants do decide to keep them, that is enough to get by. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so if that's your plan for this year, you just need to acquire some backup to get through the year. Maybe if, if luck I mean, you can get somebody as a core piece going forward, right? So we know Xavier McKinney is here for a bit. We'd like to keep him. He's, he's showing improvement. He's everything we hoped. Julian Love, whether he stays this year or goes, his contract ends pretty soon. I think uh, 2023? Yes, so Julian that, Love ends in 2023. Uh, McKinney and Ryan are 2024. So does that mean at the end of the 2022 season or at the end of the 2023 season? Uh, the end of the 2020. At the end of the next season, so it would be 2023. So we have one more year, Julian Love, two more for McKinney, and two more for Ryan. Two more seasons. Yes. Okay. Okay. So so then Julian Love isn't here beyond next year anyway, next season. I almost said semester like an idiot. But so, <laughs> so, I mean, regardless, you have to get somebody to supplement this group going forward. Um, whether that be a depth guy to start that might rise into a starter, whether that means signing a free agent and getting rid of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not settled here. They're they're at best settled at the starter level here. They have and, placeholders at the starter level. And they level. have absolutely nothing next year. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not sure Logan Ryan's going to come back next year with this contract. I believe he has a dead out. Um, and, you know, McKinney, McKinney will be here, but Julian Love won't. So... We need to make some moves here. Um, is there anybody in the open market you would target? Is there anyone you wouldn't target? Well, let's kind of go through the list really quickly. Um, there seems to be like two tiers of free agent. 
uh, for safeties. The, the top tier, they're all free safeties, and they're all out of our price range. Uh, Honey Badger, Devin McCourty, Marcus Williams, and you know, once a Gator, always a Gator, Marcus May. You know, based on what they made last year, Honey Badger's making fourteen million, and down to Marcus May was making ten point six million. I think that's out of our, you know. That's out of our wish list for, for, for this position specifically. Now, when, when, well, there's two ways of looking at this, right? There's a, there's a guy we can sign for a year deal to get through, whether that be a starter or a backup. Um, mm-hmm. Or there's guys that we could be signing to multi-year deals that are either bridge gaps, you know what I mean, two to three-year deals just to let the position settle. You know, maybe they don't even stay for that third year. And then there's, you know, bringing in a, Honey Badger, who you'd bring in for like a four to five year deal to end his career there or whatever, right? Or Marcus Williams, mm-hmm. somebody Marcus May, who's only been in the league a little while. Um, mm-hmm. So there's two different ways. I mean, I don't think any of those guys are in there for the one year or the or the the four or five for, that we can afford, right? I mean, Agreed. you would even do that? No, and that's kind of why I put them to the side to say, you know, to give like a, you know, a comparison of what, you know, top shelf is versus you know our our well drinks which we'll be drinking out of at the bar yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know what i mean i'd love to we... get those guys in there especially Teren matthew i think would flourish in this system um i think if uh maybe if this was 2024 maybe well, would be a nice icing on on the cake or maybe yeah. even next year i mean well, I'm, I'm not saying see... that there's any way that they should do that, but it would be nice to have him. He would look really good here. Oh, of course. Absolutely. I mean, if this was baseball and not football and there's no salary cap, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say go for it, but uh, that's not the way it works, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe, you know, as soon as next year we can start big game hunting a little more. But I think right now with all the needs we need and, you know, like you said, we kind of have our starters at least – competent enough that you know do we need to upgrade with this amount of money where there's so many other holes i don't think that's the you know the need for right now um other guys like in that second tier quadri Diggs from seattle um 29 years old kareem jackson from denver um and once a gator always a gator ken o'neill from from dallas these guys are all you know neil and uh, Diggs, you know upper 20s jackson's a little older 33 um, that might be some guy you might be considered for that one year stopgap to bring right. in. I would agree. I, I think mm-hmm. the other two you could probably get for the two to three year thing. Diggs, exactly. Neil. Neil might even be a little bit longer, but um, I think he was only on a one year in Dallas because he was recovering from injury. That's right? correct. Yeah, he's only twenty six. Yeah, he's so. young. I um, mm-hmm. I was actually you know when I was doing this exercise, Keanu Neal was the one name that I was like, you know, I bet you cranky fans all over that, but that's legitimately <laughs> not a bad option. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you've watched him at Florida. Um, sure. I think he would thrive in, in this system here. I think so. I mean, part of the reason why Dallas's defense got a lot better this past year. You know, he, you know, he I, I, Marcus May played um, right before Ken O'Neill at Florida. So, like, there's a little bit of a, a safety U that was developing. Um, you know, DBU is kind of their nickname at Florida with all the cornerbacks that come through. But they've had a lot of good safeties kind of rolling through. And, uh, these are certainly two of the guys. So obviously with my bias, I'd love to have him. But I think, you know, setting that aside, uh, you know, he's young enough. He's, he's recovered from the injury. I think we can maybe get him on the a little bit of a discount too and, and, and see what happens. Yeah, and I, I think that at the very least it would 
be offering like a two-year deal. I think that that's one that's actually feasible. Um, I don't know that we're really going to be. It's hard to imagine where they're going to spend money in the off season because there's just like no money to spend. Right. I mean, you can make an argument for every position. You know, mm-hmm. you could really make an argument for every spot of where you would spend the money and where you would draft instead because ideally they should be drafting literally everywhere. So, right. I mean, this team won four games last year, right? Exactly. So, I mean, there's, yeah. there's needs all over the place. But I guess that the question is the dollar only goes so far. And, you know, where do you want to apply those the most? A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that while it would be nice to have some of those upper echelon guys, they're just totally out. Um, Keanu Neal is someone I could see, but I mean, uh, Quandre Diggs, I would be just as happy with. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting group, and it's an interesting draft group as well. Um, this is a really balanced class, I would say, for safeties. It's I think it's balanced right about right. Um, there's some upper echelon talent. There's a lot of mid round talent, um, and then there's a lot a lot of just back end talent. I mean, it's just it seems to be steady. It's not overloaded really anywhere. Um, so I'm going to kind of list my uh, my graded guys here. Uh, I have them all listed here. But I'm only going to talk about a few because I'm only going to talk about how things relate with the Giants. Um, but just to remember, I'm an amateur at this. I do this to the best of my ability with the best resources that are available to me. Um, the way these grades work is uh, they're made very early in the process for the safeties at least. This is before the combine. Um, mm-hmm. And when I start doing this stuff, I tend to be a little inconsistent from day to day until I hit my groove, right? So I might be really harsh one day and then a little nice another day. Do you want to give your disclaimer really quick about the combine? Since it, by the time you know we're getting ready for the combine, that what, what your take is on the combine? Yeah. Um, in, in two, I'll throw that in at the end here. But like the last thing is here. So I, I give these a round grade, first to second round, second to third round, something like that. And that's not based on this draft class. That's based on in a vacuum where I think their talent fits, what kind of talent you're getting. Now, what that means is that if if Sean Taylor were in this draft, he would be the number one guy. But if he were in a draft class with Charles Woodson and Troy Palomalu – he might even fall away to the second round. You get the picture. Um, mm-hmm. This is for a general draft class. Now, right. like I said also, this is before the combine. I tend to think the combine hurts more than it helps, but it certainly does something. I It changes my opinion from time to time, whether it's good or bad. So this is definitely something, and we're going to recap kind of right before the draft, you know, all of this stuff in some way or another. You know, my opinion, I won't say change, but it might be a little altered. So Whatever. You get the idea. That's kind of mm-hmm. where we're at here. Mm-hmm. This draft has first-round talent at safety. I have two guys that I think absolutely belong in the first round. Notre Dame's Kyle Hamilton and Penn State's Jaquan Brisker. Now, I'm actually going to talk about both of those guys um, because they're both real good. Um, <laughs> good reason. <laughs> Kyle Hamilton's an interesting one because he was, before I watched him, a name that people were like, yo, I might <laughs> even take him at five or seven, you know. The Giants should really look into that. And I was like, wow, geez, really? Um, That's kind of insane. I got to see this kid. Um, And I like Kyle Hamilton. I think that he's at 6'4". He's like 215 pounds. I think he's really good. They play him all over the place at Notre Dame too. Um, He's very good at coming downhill as well. He he looks very comfortable is one of the first things you know about him. Like he's sure in everything that he's doing. Very fluid. He moves with the game. He's confident. He knows what he's doing. Still, you know, that doesn't make him perfect. Um, he's a little wonky in zone coverage sometimes. Um, he's not in zone off. He's on a lot of man. 
Um, but the few times I did see him zone, he looked a little off, a little off kilter. Um, what do can, you What do you prefer? A guy who plays more zone or more when creating a prospect and who's like a guy who's been in zone more of his career or more of a man guy? Or does it well, not matter? I, I like so I like seeing the man guys because they're harder to come by. Having mm-hmm. that man coverage ability means that you can do so much more. If that even if that means that you're gonna be shaky in zone, that man ability is so valuable that so few guys have. So I mean it's very, very good to have. But not having zone ability or, or feeling completely lost in zone, which Kyle Hamilton is not, by the way. Um, being that far lost can be super detrimental. And at that point, I'd almost argue that you just shouldn't even be a safety. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. just that good at man coverage and that be a corner. zone coverage, just you're just just be a press man corner at that point. Um, that doesn't happen too often. But, um, you know, we're kind of looking – as far as what I consider to be a really good safety, I want a guy with – downhill mentality these guys often play so far away from the ball that they tend to be a little chicken shit when they're in college and i'm 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 being serious i mean i like these guys that seek out contact that run up to the play and make a stop that is a huge difference and kyle hamilton is one of those guys you see that i mean notre dame did move him around they were very aggressive with him and they put him in situations where he could run up and make plays but it still takes that downhill aggressive mentality to actually do it um and it's not really that common among college prospects. It's not really even that common in the NFL, to be honest with you. Um, so you see him as like a pretty mid-first-round pick or higher than that? So that's the thing. I love this kid. He's really good. But at f- I don't think he's top-10 talent. I mean, okay. I just – I don't. Uh, I, I think it's really rare to come across top-10 talent in a safety. Um, Charles Woodson's certainly that guy. Uh, I would say Sean Taylor was certainly that guy in terms of talent. I don't think Kyle Hamilton's that guy, but he's definitely a first-round pick. And I think if the Giants were to trade down, and you know, I've said this a while ago, you know, I'd trade that seventh pick down and try to pick up a defensive guy like Devin Lloyd. I would try to pick up a guy like Kyle Hamilton. Now, maybe I'm completely wrong about this. Maybe he is top ten talent, and he'll be gone by then. But I don't. I, I still don't think with the Giants' situation being what it is, it's it's worth doing that you know I mean you really have to see what's on the board because to me now you're reaching several picks you're mm-hmm. coming up from like 15 to 7 is a pretty big jump um that's just what i see though you know i'm not gonna be a dick about it if you if people disagree <laughs> um jaquan brisker is the other one that i could see going in the first round i have first second round grades on these because it's pre-combine i have no idea maybe kyle Hammond goes there and he fails all of his interviews He'll plummet on my right. Chart the, a little bit. You know what I mean? I don't know. Assuming that he just does what he has to do and he doesn't hurt or help himself in the combine. We're kind of going yeah. with, with game film and all that stuff. Um, Brisker's a guy I could see um, fitting into the Giants. He actually almost looks like Jabril Peppers out there. Um, they do move him around a lot at Penn State. They have him, you know, he plays at the back end. He plays right up in the slot, plays – you know, in the box. Um, the thing is, I don't think he has the ability to play single high safety the way that Kyle Hamilton does. I don't think that's possible for him at the NFL. He did it at Penn State, but you can see he was a little shaky even then. You know, there's some speedsters, you know, in the Big Ten. Uh, it's not just a running back school. But same thing with him. I love the way that he comes flying down to um, come in and play the run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he has great coverage when everything's right in front of him, too. Um, 
I think can I plays, ask? Yeah. Can I ask? Did you see any of these guys at the when you were down in Mobile at the Senior Bowl? Brisker was there. Mm-hmm. Brisker was there. Um, I, unfortunately, when I was at the Senior Bowl, the day I focused on the DBs and the wide receivers, it was pouring rain, so everybody was slipping and falling. So. Yeah, I saw them hitting people on run plays. Um, I mean, everyone's kind of biting real hard in the team drills on the run. Mm-hmm. It seems like the defense knows kind of what's coming. So that's kind of a wash from what I'm seeing. It was really the coverage I was hoping to see, and it was a bad day for it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get a great takeaway from wide receivers or corners and safeties much. Um, but, I mean, he's, he's he's an aggressive downhill guy, you know what I mean? Um, and I like the way that he fights through blocks. A lot of these safeties, I might say they're downhill guys, but they might be six feet and 180 pounds. Mm-hmm. They, they come down and block on a tight end, even at the college level, they're getting annihilated. Um, Brisker's not that guy at all. E- even though he's only listed at six one and like 200 pounds, which is basically me, he doesn't look like me at all. <laughs> I promise you. Thank God. Um, yeah, right? Um I, I like him a lot. I think that he's a lot closer to what we had with Jabril Peppers, maybe a little less athletic. Actually, mm-hmm. definitely a less athletic. Um, mm-hmm. But he's somebody that I could see really smashing shit up. Um, I don't think it's really likely that either of these guys are picked by the Giants right now. Could okay. you see that any in any way them really taking a safety with the first round unless they trade back right i think if they trade back and again that's kind of going back to that you know how we started this segment about what would you do with your picks and i like having those options i don't, I don't think they're going to be purposely looking to trade down but i definitely think they're going to be courting a lot of calls and it would not surprise me at all if they pull the trigger on something that they think they're getting fair value or greater for so we'd mentioned in a previous show with you know, with Wink Martindale's defense, it's going to be very, very aggressive, and that back end better protect. Yeah. So they may want to start getting a leg up this year, building that foundation, you know, for, for the secondary. So maybe they are emphasizing safety and corner more than we it's are pressure. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so here's the other thing about uh, Jaquan Briscoe, and I said that he can't really be that single high safety at the NFL level. Um, but I think that Xavier McKenney can, and I think that Logan Ryan can in certain plays, mm-hmm. the way they, they'll disguise coverage, they'll kind of have maybe everybody at the line of scrimmage and then one guy drop. Who knows? Um, those guys can kind of disguise that coverage and handle that if Jaquan Brisker is on their map. So when I say that he's not capable of being the single high, that doesn't immediately nix him at all. I mean, doesn't mean he never fit. will. It's just at this Well, moment. there's also, well, if I say that I don't think he can do it at the NFL level, it's just a speed thing. And they're just not going gotcha. to get any faster. Um, okay. But there's guys that can do it on an intermittent basis. And then there are guys that are – that's a single high safety right there. Those guys are rare now. Um, mm-hmm. I think with the Giants, just about any position in the draft except maybe quarterback and specialists is on the table if they – and running back, I guess – is on the table – if they move back from that seven or five pick, right? I would even say, I would even take quarterback off the list to be very honest. Yeah, I guess I mean, not. There, I mean, if they there fall may back be somebody, and still a guy there might be somebody around, they, they shouldn't be there. There might be somebody that, you know, again, they're not really looking for is the potential franchise guy, but it's just someone that they really like. And if he falls and I, I, I think if Daniel Jones, situation was a little more stable with him, I'd say, I agree with you, but I think, 
you know, all options are on the table right now. So I, I would not exclude. I think you're right about running back. I don't, I don't, oh boy, that would be something if they traded <laughs> back and got a running back. It'd be a God. long four years on Twitter, let me tell you. Yeah, but I, um, it, it would, it would be a head scratcher if they did quarterback, but I would not be surprised if it did for some reason happen. And they had a real reason why they wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess I agree. It, any position is going to be on the table. They're going to take probably the best guy for the job, maybe with a, a, a strong consideration to offensive line or, or whatever. But if if there's no good O line there, but there's a good safety, I think that they'll they'll scratch they'll they'll check that box right if, away. If, it's if there's not an offensive lineman that meets for that, you know, whatever their draft pick is, whether it's going to be five or seven or thirteen or twenty six, they don't think that's the value in that pick. They're not taking it just to. Say we got an offense, we got a, a right tackle. They're gonna, they're gonna pass. Yeah. Well, the second and third round, I think, are more likely spots for them to start digging around in the safety pool, and that's where there's a lot more talent. I, these are listed in no particular order up there on the screen. Um, but the two guys I really want to focus on are the two guys from Baylor. Um, now, initially, Jalen Petre was somebody that I did see at the Senior Bowl. Um, it was already noted to me the day I wasn't watching wide receivers and DBs that he was a name to look out for. So I was watching him on the field a little bit more. Um, and then I immediately, you know, I went back to hotel room. I'm watching some videos, you know, whatever. Checking out Jalen Petrie. <laughs> uh, you're doing your own times, your own business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you had to bring it there. Um, but, you know, I like Jalen Petrie, but as a friend. Um, second, <laughs> third round talent here. Uh, six feet. 195 pounds. I'd like him to get a little bit bigger. You know, I like him big. Uh, he lines really up in the box. The- <laughs> you know what? You set me up. I'm going to keep spiking him, uh, which is, I guess, hitting me in the face. Uh, he lines up in the box. He lines up in the slot. He lines up too deep. Um, this is a guy I don't think he has the speed to be single high. Not going to mm-hmm. happen. But this guy is a down fe- downhill enforcer, and I like him like that. I like him doing those man coverage but try and keep him within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage a lot more zone a lot more blitzing coming off the edge he plays the run really really well he comes downhill with velocity man he wants to hit people he wants to hit people and that's what i want for my safeties i want them to want to hit people i don't want them to be always in the last line of defense mind frame are we gonna see are we gonna see crazy blitzes like you know coming from as much from corners and safeties with wink martindale or yes oh yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, I think we'll see more of that than we saw before. Um, mm-hmm. This is, I mean, it's not really all, I mean, you're going to see a lot of deceptive coverage probably, and you're going to see a lot more defensive linemen probably backing out into low zone coverage and, and linebackers blitzing and, you know, shit like that, wild mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think if your DB's playing downhill is something that we're going to want. With Wink Martindale. And they may be run blitzes, by the way. This is not mm-hmm. all coming at the quarterback. But he's an effective blitzer. He looks good coming off the edge. Um, and he looks pretty decent in man coverage, too. He looks solid in zone coverage. He has some good backpedal stuff. But he's much more everything in front of him kind of guy. And like I said with uh, Jaquan Brisker, is that that's okay. I think with Xavier McKinney, you're okay getting a guy like that. Um mm-hmm. So I was already doing work on Jalen Petre, and you know I was like, let me let me do some real, you know, I'm in the headset, I, I'm I'm taking my notes, let me let me rewatch him, and I'm watching him again, and the whole time my eyes keep 
splitting away from him to other guys making plays where, you know, he's on the backside. And this dude comes flying from off screen to knock the shit out of people. And it's <laughs> JT Woods, the other safety. Oh, my God. And I – so I do all my work on this guy. He's 6'2". He's about 190 pounds. He's another one. He's going to have to add some weight. But this is a former sprinter we're talking about. So mm-hmm. there's some murky rumblings of him running a something close to a 4'2", you know, something or, – or running a similar 100-yard dash as John Ross who ran a wow. 4'2", 40. Um, their high school 100-yard dash numbers were similar. I think his was actually better than John Ross's. So there's some serious speed that we're talking about here with this kid. And he's another one with that downhill mentality, but he also has this man coverage ability. I like this kid. I think he can play deep. I think he can play man coverage. He does need some work. He's a little bit more raw. He, I don't think he's been playing the safety position as long as other guys that I, are coming out. But that's okay because he can, for now, play downhill. And if you look at the clips I'm, I'm showing there, I understand their highlights. There are some lowlights with him. He can be a little too aggressive and forget his deep responsibilities. That's got to get weeded out. Don't think I didn't notice it. But so, I like the potential here a lot. Is this a third-year guy out of high school or what are we talking about? I don't know the answer to that i don't think he's a senior wow this is this is bad prep work on my part i did not write this (laughs) stuff down i took note of it didn't write it down that's silly of me um but uh why do you ask just for age i'm just curious um you know again that was that extra year of development you know is he you, you kind of more are what you are if you're a senior or a fourth year guy or even a fifth year guy because remember a lot of these guys in college this year had an extra year because of COVID, which they may not have jumped out right away. He is, in fact, a senior. Okay. Whether he's a fourth or fifth year senior, I'm – no. He was a sophomore in 2019, so he's a true senior. Okay. So, But, but I mean, again, the safety position is a complicated one, a very complicated one. This isn't like not, – not mm-hmm. to – I'm not trying to – denigrate any other position but there's a very one-on-one battle that happens you know with defensive tackles and guards where you know what's going on on the back end is not really their care responsibility when you're safety everything's in front of you you have there's a lot to learn there a lot mm-hmm. the whole defense you know what i mean um so if you're a little late to their arrival i think you can still grow in the mental side of things on, at the safety position mm-hmm. agree um but you know i i I would like people to check out JT Woods and see if he really is worth the low grades I'm seeing on him around. Which, by the way, I don't read anything about these players before I watch. But if I ever see something, I do try to check and see if I'm kind of in line with the Daniel Jeremiah's of the world. And when I see something off, I might rewatch a guy to see if I'm crazy or if they're crazy. And I feel <laughs> justified in what I watched. Maybe I am wrong. I don't know. Like I said, I, I do this completely on my own. So... Um, a lot of other guys in the third and fourth round to consider here. Um, Leon O'Neill, Smoke Monday, Brad Hawkins. These guys are all really, really good corners, uh, safeties. Third and fourth round is something I could see the Giants doing. They all really have similar pitfalls or you know pros and cons, I guess. Um, I liked Dallaire and Turner Yell from Oklahoma. I don't really know why... He jumped out to me and not other people, but this is a guy I could see at this range, um, and he's another one. Like I said, that downhill aggressiveness is not easy to come by. There are not that many college prospects that really are like that, and it's also difficult to control and you know not be too aggressive. And 
this is one of the main reasons why I have Turner yell so much lower than somebody else like JT Woods or whatever is that he is sometimes way too aggressive. Um, he's decisive though. I mean, he's sure. He's sure that he wants to go downhill. He just may not be right all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, is, that a, is that a product of coaching more or is that just intuition or what? Experience? Um, it's probably film room stuff. Um, it's probably coaching as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting more one-on-one time you know, with professional coaches, guys really whipping into you, you know, being the rookie in an NFL room is not being like the God on the college campus. You know what I mean? Yeah. And remember too, it's mental guys in the big 12, you know, these are, it's a passing league where they throw 60 times a game. That was the passing league before the passing league. Exactly. So, you know, it's a different mindset in the big 12 as it would be in, you know, even the sec or, you know, the NFL will be, I mean, Mm -hmm. we think the NFL is more wide open, but it's still, not like these maniacs who are throwing no. a thousand yards a game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll take a guy who makes a mistake, sure that he wants to do it, than a guy who doesn't make a mistake but is unsure and he's thinking about it. Right. Because you know what that guy does? He always gives up a pass. That guy always gives up a pass not being sure. The guy who's for sure going to blitz, even if he's fucking wrong, he might screw up stuff enough to, to screw up the play. Right. Even if he left something wide open behind him, I would rather that. Um, so, and I think that's something you can usually coach, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather guy just just be sure of what he wants to do when the play is happening. Anyone unsure is screwing up. That's just well, especially it is what it is. back there. You want a guy with confidence and, and self confidence. Yeah, as soon exactly. as you guys have a, somebody out there who's like doubting himself or the slightest bit of loss of self-confidence they're screwed they're gonna be the the nfl NFL is a game of speed down to the footstep Mm -hmm. any wasted foot movement is a second loss that most guys can't keep up with because these are the best athletes in the world at best if you guys start at the same time you'll hang with them you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if you make Mm -hmm. one unsure move you're in the dust so or you'll make that receiver think too. If you, oh, yeah. you know, he knows he's got to step on you. He's going to do whatever he wants. Yeah, and yeah, you a hundred percent. Those were kind of the guys in the three to four range. I could see the Giants going safety there, and then after that, no matter what you're getting from the fourth round on at DB, you're either getting a gem or a special teams backup kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even Julian Love, who isn't bad in any regard, is just limited athletically, is a backup, Mm -hmm. right? We're we're talking about him, you know, making it through this season as a starter potentially, or the first guy off the bench, right? Um, So you know, the names listed here for four through five, five through six, six through seven, the undrafted free agent guys that I I think might be there. There's a use for all of these guys, but if they're taken, I wouldn't really expect a whole lot out of them. Um, it, I think we're, we're honestly getting... we got a lot out of Julian Love, don't you think? I, I yeah, sure. <laughs> For I mean, a fourth he's... round pick, I think he's where he's played. He's played well, um, and he's been reliable. You know, I mean, you made the decision to keep him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, <laughs> I know I, I had him as a cap hit, but you still you you think enough of him that he's still on this roster when the great purge of twenty twenty two is about to begin. That's saying something. Yeah, so there's there's definitely value in the four to fifth round guys. Um, sure. You know, even the fifth to Just sixth round guys. Just don't count on them. I think the difference is that people kind of assume, oh, fourth round, we'll get our we'll get our free safety here. We'll get this guy here. It's like the the probability of those being hits decreases. It doesn't mean it can't happen. It won't happen. But your percentage of counting on it just drops. 
Yeah, and I wonder, with this complicated defense, just... I don't know how much these guys would play. I mean, it's just so much to learn. I don't know if it's actually better or worse for them. I mean, is it so much to learn that they're like, just go out there and blitz? You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. go in there and just run like a bat out of hell. You're going to play 15 snaps in this game. Just Every single one of them just get to the quarterback. Yeah, you know what I mean? A limited is it, is it so hard that that's the way you throw a guy in there? Or... Is it so hard that you just don't even bring the guy in there? It's just like it's too much. You, you're not gonna. You're gonna screw shit up. You know what I mean? I don't know. In, in your experience, have you? We've we've seen this a lot where defenses they complain this. De- you know the defense is too difficult. They have to you know slow it down, simplify it. When you hear, oh, this defense is very complicated. Do you get nervous about that, or are you like, oh, this is gonna be great. It's just gonna confuse everybody and be good. I, I get a little cautionary when I hear that because usually. More often than not, it seems like it's trouble. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I. I it's it's difficult because I'm I'm a defense guy. I, I I really do like watching really good defenses. I like screwing up quarterbacks. I like getting to quarterbacks. I like knocking the shit out of people. So I'm a big right. fan of them. Uh, as but but your concern is something that like I I have from time to time. Right now, it's it's kind of an interesting question because for are this season, for... I'm not I'm not even sure that it matters this year. I right. mean, they're I mean, they're so talent deficient. Like, that type of, uh, are we ready to have such a complicated defense? Like, is we're gonna be in so much transition as it is? You know, you're 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 turning over an old roster to a new roster. You're turning over from one system to another system. You know, I know. I mean, they vetted obviously. They like Mark Markinell. They like what he does. They like his schemes, but. Is there a little bit of a uh, cautionary of like, is he going to come in here and just everybody's going to be running? Because I I know I always go back to my the, my Florida side of my brain where we just had a Todd Grantham as a defensive coordinator where for four years was beyond complicated and people were always out of position because they didn't know the playbook and people were running on and running off the field and it just people you know busted coverages all the time and you know again these are NFL guys not college guys but. I'm a little, you know, I just raise an eyebrow when I hear things like very complicated and big playbook and, you know, lots of different terminology and stuff. And especially we're going to be probably relying on a lot of rookies and young guys in this roster, at least in the beginning. I do get a little weary of that, um, especially because in the NFL, the, the, what a busted coverage even counts as is, is a smaller window. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. busted coverage in college is usually totally busted. Somebody's <laughs> wide open. In the NFL, a busted coverage can just be two guys running to the same spot and somebody's open for a 60-yard gain. You right. get that every play, you're going to be murdered in about mm-hmm. four plays. And right. there's I, – I, I, I understand your sentiments, but you know what? I think at a certain point, you're better off being what you are. And if the mm-hmm. Giants suck this year, it's not going to be just because Wink Martindale has a complicated defense. So, in what my opinion, say, this is a good year to see who sinks and floats in this fucking system. That's what I always say, Grump. Players play. And, you yeah. know, it, it's not like we're getting a bunch of guys coming from some rec league and they're trying to figure out an NFL defense. These guys are NFL players. Rookies are coming from, you know, major programs and have played all their lives. So, I, I just and again, I'm not going to be staying awake at night worrying about it, but it's something just to kind of keep your eye on, to see, and especially in this first year of transition, 
are we going to see a lot of the problems that you know other teams struggle with like guys getting off the field on time you know things like that well here's the thing prior to last year i would have told you like these guys are nfl players even if they screw their up it's going to be from time to time like they're going to be screwing up in practice they're going to get chewed out and they're going to work hard to whatever i would have said that before last year last year seeing the offense what it was truly opened my eyes to how consistently bad an nfl team can actually be and i wish i (laughs) this is not a joke i mean there were I mean, week nine, two guys running into each other. You know, shit like that was rampant. Right. It was it was really bad. And I know injuries, whatever. But, I mean, these were also NFL veterans coming in. Billy Price stepping right. on. Exactly. I mean, just, Jesus Christ. We didn't bring in scabs like in 1987. This was guys. I mean, these weren't roster. car salesmen. They right. were on NFL rosters the year before they came here. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just there was – something really awry there and you know maybe you're right man maybe, uh, there's a there's a chance that next year there's just busted coverages left and right based on what i saw last year with the offense it's entirely possible but prior to last year i would have told you most of these guys are nfl players they're professionals getting chewed out in practice is embarrassing they don't want to be a part of that they don't want to be embarrassed on the field they work hard you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and even you know there's a there's a story about Antro Roll and the 2011 Giants team that they were defensively struggling and you know there were among the players meetings test room things at home group texts you know mm-hmm. what I mean going over challenging each other and they they ultimately worked with uh, Perry Fuel to simplify some communications on their end right. so. There's precedent for players stepping up and giving input to simplify the complicated and meet a middle ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that answers anything at all. I'm just throwing it out there. Kind of. Because I guess what I'm saying is that a Super Bowl-level talent was there, and I guess they were getting fucked up with the complications of it. I guess that's my point. Right, right, right. I don't know what Perry Fuel is doing these days, though. <laughs> I don't know that he's being a defensive coach. Um, those are my rankings. Uh, as they currently stand this early. Uh, I'm not going to go over all of them. It's insane enough that I did this much work. Uh, But I do have notes on all of them. So if you want to know about a certain guy and what I thought of him, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, at football underscore grump. I'd be happy to to talk football with anybody. Perry Fuel, we'd be happy to talk to you about football because he is currently the senior vice president of officiating for the NFL. How about that? I didn't know that at all, obviously. Yeah. The, the last job he had was he was interim head coach for the Panthers in 2019. Oh, shit. Damn. And Sorry. then he took a job in 2020, uh, senior vice president of officiating administration for the NFL. How about that? Yeah. It's a good, good job by him. Super Bowl winning de- defensive coordinator. Right That's there. right. Um, if you want to talk about that with me in extensive detail, <laughs> you can always catch me at the Cranky Fan. Lots. Uh, we could talk about how bad the Knicks are. Uh, we could talk about how great the Lightning are. We could talk about the fact we don't have any baseball to whine about. You talk about whatever you want. So, at the Cranky Fan, come find me. 
And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. So, as always, you can listen to just the audio versions of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, etc. Or you can watch these on YouTube. Subscribe there. It's a lot more enjoyable on YouTube. There's graphics. There's video. Um, yeah. That is always fun. Also, our beautiful faces. Yeah, and we um, really appreciate everybody who's subscribed in the last couple of weeks. We've had some really Oh, hell good, yeah, man. We've had some great shows and some great guests. We will have more great shows. and Well, at least we'll have great guests. I don't know about the great shows. We'll, we'll work on that. But uh, we have some great ideas for some uh, some fun shows coming up. So stick around and uh, just keep following us on Twitter. Keep following the show. Subscribe. Nice comments, reviews, five stars as I pander for your approval. (laughs) Please, everybody like Internet approval is hard to come by, man. You're asking for a lot. I'm not kidding. Um, Even the hate mail, keep bringing that also for yeah, all man, whatever. I don't yeah. really fight with anyone, so if anyone disagrees with me, I, you're not really going to get much of a rise out of me. But I'm happy to talk football. With oh, I get a rise. Oh yeah, you'll get it out of him, especially from some you know you net fans out there, especially those <laughs> who host other giant shows. I'd love to have a, a summit meeting and talk <laughs> about basketball. So, <laughs> oh man. You guys in a cage match talking basketball. <laughs> it's going to happen soon. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting my pro Nick side together. I'll be ready to argue with anybody. So <laughs> You've got the king of them all. What? <laughs> it's in snacks. Snacks is on my side, so I'll win any battle. Yeah. So. Snacks, right. sharpen your, fa- your fangs. We're going into war soon. This is enough basketball talk on my podcast. That's going to do it for this one. We will catch you guys next week with quarterback review. Awesome. Excellent. We love that. That's fun. All right. See you guys next time. Go Giants. Go Giants.